Caleb Theobar was awesome in the second half for the Twins. Currently trends to be the only lefty in the pen on opening day in 2023. Looking at Theobar, the year he had, 2023. And should the Twins go out and get a second lefty, or do they have their next best lefty already in the system? It's all coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. It's a Saturday special. It's Saturday, November 5th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day on the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Again, this is Nash Walker. Four seasons writing about the Twins at TwinsDaily.com. Three seasons hosting a daily podcast on the Minnesota Twins. I've been in Vegas. If you've been wondering, where, where are the videos? I've been in Vegas and then picked up a cold, been dealing with it. We're back. On Saturday, thank you so much for joining me today. Caleb Theobar had a tremendous second half, and there were points where he was their best reliever with Yolanda Ron, where I felt the most comfortable when Theobar came in right behind Yolanda Ron. Like, it was close at times at the end of the year. That's how good Caleb was in the second half. Here's what it looked like. First half was ugly. We know that. There were people calling for him to get DFA'd in the first half. He had a 484 ERA and 35 and a third, you know, it's a cute story. He was very good in 2020, was good in 2021, but is this, you know, what's going on? He's 35, bad first half. Is this the end of the road for him? A guy who was out of professional baseball, was it lightning in a bottle for a couple of years? The answer was no, because he picked it up in the second half. Big time. 150 ERA in 24 innings in the second half. Gave up just one home run, struck out 33, and walked only three. That's over 12 strikeouts per nine for Caleb Theobar. His stat cast ratings are exceptional, especially in that second half, but on the season, a hard hit rate against of 25.9%. That is in the top 1% of all of baseball in 2022. He was great at limiting hard contact. That's even more impressive because his first half was, was poor, but his FIP in the first half and his expected numbers were a lot better than the actual numbers. And I remember thinking, okay, he's going to regress. There's going to be positive regression here. He's going to be okay. And he ended up being more than okay. He was very, very good in the second half. So what does this mean for 2023? Because right now, Caleb Theobar tracks is the only lefty in the Twins pen. He was the only lefty in the Twins pen for a lot of the season in 2022. Their plan was for him to be the only lefty in there. They had Danny Coulomb. He got hurt. They seemed okay with only having Theobar from the left side. Theobar is good against righties and lefties. You know, 575 OPS against the lefties, obviously very good with the slider, the curveball, the high spin fastball up in the zone. But right-handed hitters, they hit 226 with a 634 OPS against him. So he was good against righties and lefties in 2022. Better against lefties, of course, as a left-handed pitcher. But he can get a lot of guys out. And with the three-batter minimum now, Theobar is more valuable than your loogie. There's no more loogie left-handed one-out guy. Caleb Theobar can get righties and lefties out, and he's valuable valuable to the Twins 
in that way. He came into some really tight spots this year uh, in the second half when the Twins are trying to hang on, and he did his job. He's from Northfield, Minnesota. As I said, a great story. South Dakota State, out of professional baseball, comes back, and now he's – I think he's one of the better left-handed relievers in baseball at this point, and he certainly was in the second half, which if you would have told him that a couple of years ago, I bet he'd say you're crazy, but that's – it's true. Like, he's he's good. Caleb Thielmar is good, and what makes him really good is he changes eye levels better than any twin, and I think better than any twin we've seen in a long time. He goes – up, up in the zone with the fastball, high spin fastball, up in the zone, changes the eye level, and then he flips that huge curveball down. And because he already set the tone up, it looks the curveball looks like a strike, but it's it's below the zone, and he gets hitters to chase. Chase rate on the season, 80th percentile. He got guys to chase at a super high rate. The slider is an awesome pitch as well to righties and lefties. Expected batting average on the slider this year, 152. Expected Woba. 205 elite slider from Caleb Dilbar. Expected Woba on the fastball 278 on the curveball 234, change up 266. He is stingy. He's hard to barrel up because he changes eye level so well. Because he'll go up, then he goes down, then he goes up twice, then he goes down twice, then he goes slider down and away. He's really tough, especially on lefties, but he's really tough on everybody. One hitter he just dismantled all year was Michael A. Taylor. And I think those at bats showed to me what it's like to face Caleb Dilbar. If I were to stand in the box, I'm left-handed, but if I was a right-handed hitter, Michael A. Taylor was a good example of that because he just couldn't lay off the breaking balls below the zone, and he saw them so many times, but he just could not lay off because Dilbar would, would throw fastballs up and change that eye level, and it completely warps a hitter's mind of the strike zone. They start thinking the strike zone is higher than it is and lower than it is, and he gets guys to chase, and he was really fun to watch. In the second half, Caleb Dilbar was uh, was very, very good down the stretch for the Twins. And I expect him to be good again in arbitration now in 2023. I expect him to be solid again for them. Hopefully a better start. And he has a full season like he had in the second half this year. But overall, a nice, nice year for Caleb Dilbar. And I think there's a lot to take for 2023 when thinking about this bullpen He's underrated. I mean, he's underrated in the scope of the league. Nobody knows who he is, but he's underrated as a twin as well. And we know, you know, Twins fans know that he was good in the second half. I still think he's underrated. And I still think going into 2023, he has a chance to be one of their two or three best relievers, even if the bullpen is better and is a strength like I think it can be in 2023. With the bar in tow, should the Twins add another lefty to the bullpen or do they have a good lefty option ready to go? Let's discuss after this word from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, the World Series, MMA, boxing and golf head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts again it's not just football if you want to go play college hoops it's starting on monday the nba they've started the nhl they've started world series it's back game six tonight game seven maybe sunday you're going to want to go play BetOnline.net. the the platform is so easy to use it's user-friendly either on your phone or your desktop whichever you decide to use 
Bet Online has you covered, and Bet Online is where the game starts. Should the Twins go out and get another lefty in free agency for their bullpen? It's an interesting question. It's something I think about often when I'm watching games throughout a year. I think they could have used a lefty here. They could have used, you know, if they had a second lefty in the pen, they could have used them here. And I thought that at points in 2022, I think they liked Danny Coulomb for good reason to just get lefties out. But the three batter minimum really is such an adjustment. And I think the Twins are one of many teams who have fully embraced that the the left-handed one-out guy is extinct. It doesn't exist anymore. Your lefties need to be able to get righties out because there are just so few instances in a game against these lineups where you have one opportunity to get one out against the lefty and you're wasting a roster spot on that guy. If you don't trust him to get righties out at all, you can't have him in the bullpen because they're going to face righties. Like There's a lot of right-handed hitters in, in the league And the only situation where you can use them strictly against lefties is if you have back-to-back lefties to end an inning or you have one lefty to end an inning and the pitcher before him had already pitched the inning before. There's very, very thin margins and few opportunities where you can use a left-handed one-out guy, which is why Theobar is valuable to the Twins and why I think Giovanni Moran is valuable to the Twins. Giovanni Moran mostly throughout the minors, had reverse splits because his changeup is such a good pitch. He's a left-hand pitcher. Reverse splits, meaning he's better against righties than he is against lefties, which is it's unordinary for a left-handed reliever especially. But that's the case for him. In the majors, also the case in 2022. Lefties, 554 OPS. Righties, 459 OPS. It's because of that changeup. The changeup is elite. It's a wiffle ball changeup for Giovanni Moran. But the numbers on the season, I don't think people realize how good he was. A lot of it was mop-up, so I will preface with that. But his fielding independent pitching number, which is expected ERA based on home runs, walks, and strikeouts, 1.79 in 40 and two-thirds, 179 FIP, and a 221 ERA. Unbelievably good numbers. Strikeout rate, 33% strikeout rate. Walk rate was high at 11%, but the fielding independent pitching shows he worked around it just fine and his expected number was actually better than what his ERA was, which to me is incredible. 54 strikeouts in 40 and two thirds. I'd be more excited. And I think I'd be pushing the Giovanni Moran narrative harder for 2023 and beyond if he didn't have a six ERA at triple a, but that was only 24 innings, you know, 24 innings, 16 earned runs. He walked 14, much better command in the majors. And that's the difference I think between triple a and and the majors but six ERA at triple a 221 for the twins and like double the sample for the twins almost it's weird it's weird but he did it and it didn't look like a fluke based on what was expected out of him around the margins of of where he pitched so Giovanni Moran could absolutely be the second lefty out of the bullpen in 2023 my hesitancy with that I think he will be I think he's earned a spot my hesitancy with that is the reverse splits I don't trust Giovanni Moran to get lefties out as much as I would trust a different left-handed reliever, maybe even the average left-handed reliever to get lefties out because he doesn't have an out pitch for lefties. He has an out pitch for righties, a great changeup. Righties hit 154 against him, 144 against him. Lefties hit 229, still very good. Don't get me wrong, still very good, but you should have a very low split. For example, Taylor Rogers 
treacherous season. He was not good. He was good in April, and then things just fell off. And I love Taylor Rogers always well, and I always cheer for him. He's a free agent, and we'll go over him today and in this offseason on whether the Twins should uh, should go after him again. But even him, bad year, negative wins above replacement. Against lefties, they hit 167 with a 511 OPS. They slugged 250. Lefties couldn't hit him. He got crushed by righties, though. And that's he's a good example of there are very few spots where you can you can just use him against a lefty strictly. That happened, I think, for him this year. And that's why his ERA was sky high, 476 ERA, negative 0.7 wins above replacement at baseball reference because they couldn't shield him. The Padres couldn't shield him. Milwaukee couldn't shield him. They needed to use him in more spots than just strictly against left-handed hitters. But he's a good example. He was better against lefties than Giovanni Moran was. And by you know 40 points of OPS, give or take, that's the, that's the, not conundrum, that's the question the Twins have to ask and that I'll be asking this offseason. Would you rather have a left-handed reliever, a young left-handed reliever with promise, and I think he's going to be good, and I think he's already good, but I think he has a future in the bullpen. Would you rather have him, he's more raw, who can get righties out and can get lefties out, but not as, as well as some left-handed relievers, or would you rather have a strict dominates lefties left-handed reliever but is vulnerable against righties it's it's something to think about I think because while there there are strict spots where it has to happen you know they don't happen much in a game they do happen (laughs) they do and when they do sometimes they're in a big spot right if you have if you're in the 10th inning and it's left right left let's say it's left right left in a lineup I'm trying to think of a lineup here let's say it's Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, and the game is tied in the 10th inning. Would you rather go to Giovanni Moran, who is very good against right-handed hitters and not as good against lefties, but can still get them out as a left-handed reliever? Or would you rather go to Taylor Rogers, who dominates lefties? He's, he's very good against lefties. You're going to see two of them, but is vulnerable against the righty and Bregman. In the 10th inning, you could have him face Alvarez, walk Bregman to first, and then face Tucker. You can get creative and have first and second and hopefully two outs and then make the pitching change to somebody else. So there, there are spots. Like It is a question to ask. It's a question to ask. And I think there are points when you're facing a really good left-handed hitter, like Jordan Alvarez or Kyle Tucker, an elite left-handed hitter. Sometimes I just want the, the strict lefty who's dominant against the same side, like Taylor Rogers. Caleb Dubar can get them both out. So the Twins have a guy who can get them both out for 2023. And this conversation is more about 2023 than it is about the future for Giovanni Moran, because I think he has a future. But when I'm thinking about 2023, specifically, like opening day, 2023, are the Twins going to opt for two guys who can get lefties and righties out? Or are they going to go with one guy who can get lefties and righties out, Caleb Dubar? and a strict left-handed shuts-down lefties reliever like Taylor Rogers for a million bucks or two million bucks in free agency. It's It'll be interesting. I think that's actually a legitimate question, and the argument is they already have somebody who can get them both out from the left side. And Giovanni Moran, I think they treated him last year like he was a little bit redundant. Like they treated him and pitched him in mop-up a lot. A lot of times he was pitching in mop-up duty, and there were he, they were moving him up and down. He was going back to AAA, struggled at AAA, comes back up. They didn't give him a complete opportunity 
I don't think, to pitch in high leverage situations. A little bit later in the year, we saw him pitching some later innings, but overall on the season, they didn't seem like they trusted him for how well he was pitching. Like in September, Giovanni Moran was outstanding over his last, you know, five outings, didn't give up a run or four outings, didn't give up a run. And he was often pitching multiple innings at a time, you know, coming in, mopping up late in games. He was awesome in September. He got even better as the year went on, had a 251 ERA, 123, feeling independent pitching in the month of September. Opponents OPS at 442 in 14 and a third, struck out 18. So, I mean, I think he's got a future. Absolutely. I also think he's a trade candidate, Giovanni Moran, because I think another team looks and says, this dude could be a legitimate late inning weapon. And I think the Twins might view him as less than that because would you rather have Giovanni Moran face a righty or Yohan Duran or Jorge Lopez or, you know, Michael Fulmer in the second half of the season or Jorge Alcala, like because Moran has those reverse splits, he's better. His strength is getting righties out. But in what situation would you use him to get a righty out over one of your best right-handed relievers? Unless those guys are down for the night. That's the only time I'm not saying there's not value in that. I think his strength is a huge strength in the scope of relievers. If you can get righties and lefties out, that's huge. Like that's you check a huge box there. But in the same token, what's your like your strength is a strength that the other right-handed relievers already have. So you're never going to put him above Duran. You're never going to put him up above Lopez, above Alcala, because I would trust, and I think the twins trust their right-handed flamethrowers to get that righty out over Giovanni Moran. And that's that is just the reality for 2023. Maybe things will change. So what what will have to change for Giovanni Moran is he's going to have to develop his third pitch, like the slider or the curveball or whatever he's going to throw to lefties, develop that more spin, you know, better command, get lefties out consistently. And then he's just really good. And then he's just the guy who can shut down lefties and he's good against righties like Caleb Thielbar. That's, that's what Giovanni Moran wants to develop into. I'm sure into someone like Caleb Thielbar, even though Moran had better, much better numbers than Thielbar on the season. I just wonder if that was a little bit of smoke and mirrors there with the situations he was pitching in, that the Twins were either way down or way up a lot of times when he pitched. We'll never know until he's actually thrust into high leverage spots, and maybe the Twins will give him that opportunity. But that's a that's a storyline to watch. Thielbar's absolutely going to be the lefty, first lefty out of the pen. I think, unless they sign Aroldis Chapman or something in free agency, but even him, like he's been terrible. Dilbar is going to be the first lefty out of the pen in 2023. The question is going to be, is it Giovanni Moran coming out next on a minimum salary? Or is it Taylor Rogers coming out next on a $2 million deal? Is it a different lefty? You can get lefties out on a, on a two, $3 million deal. We'll see. We'll see. And maybe Giovanni Moran is triple a depth again, and they use them the same way they have, in his major league career, but he's going to be 26 next April. And I think, uh, I think he deserves an opportunity. It's just, they have to figure out how he can develop that third pitch and whether he will. That's a, that's a big question, but also I could easily see Giovanni Moran packaged in a trade this winter as like a second or third piece in a trade to get a starting pitcher. And another team sees what he did and sees his underlying numbers and thinks, the Twins just aren't giving him that much of an opportunity. If we put this guy into high leverage, he's going to be awesome, which is, it's possible. The command is spotty at times, but in 36 major league games, 48 and two thirds, his fielding independent pitching 
2.03 with 11.8 strikeouts per nine, almost five walks per nine, command command problems, but there's a lot of, lot to like there with Giovanni Moran for 2023. We'll see what happens. Keep an eye on him, but Caleb Dilbar, great story and uh, a key, key part of the bullpen going into 2023 and throughout the offseason. Caleb Dilbar, pencil him in, put him with Penn, who's very good in the second half and all around, man. The numbers are just the numbers were great, you know, on StatCast and the second half, it was it was special. And he was really trustworthy. It's like, how do you feel when they come in? It's like the trust rankings. And I think for Caleb Thielbar, throughout the second half, I felt so good when I saw him warming up. I'm like, ooh, let's go. Bring him in now. Can we bring him in now? Because he was that good. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts on. The Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks so much. Have a great day, and go Twins.